Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. All right, we're going to record immediately. Immediately. No more procrastination. No more lying about. What was once fun is now a chart, is now your life. Now you do this. This is the bane of your existence. You will go on podcast because of rigor and discipline. Hey guys, it's the Clary Podcast, and we are from the RV. Uh, again, the RV in the south side of Las Vegas. I'm really, really digging the RV. I, um, I really, I don't like the financial concept of an RV. Well, it's not that I don't like. I know it's a bad investment. I mean, the amount of money you will drop on an RV. You can, I've gone over it before, but let's go over this again because this is very important because I can see where the RV lifestyle would appeal uh, to many of my listeners, myself included. I'm not, I'm not denying that. But while the concept of having an RV, living in a mobile home, uh, and just driving across the United States, having true freedom, I guess what it is, freedom, it, 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 one, it's not true freedom because the RVs move way too slowly. Uh, two, you... You are basically just hauling. It's a very expensive form of hauling lodging around in terms of gas, insurance, regular cost. Um, and you're going to need a secondary vehicle. Like, you don't take the RV to go get Taco Bell. All right? You just don't. So that's why always in tow, there's another chase car or a chase vehicle. Uh, a lot of these RVs, we're on in, we're in the high-end RV park, by the way. I have the shittiest, uh, crappiest RV in the fanciest RV park in all of the world. So all these people have their fancy RVs here. And these RVs are the ones that has like a little garage. They sell these car, these RVs with a mini Cooper that comes with it. And it goes into, it parks inside the RV. I don't know if you guys watch Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous or if that's a thing. There's some show out there. And one of the things they highlight are these RVs. And they're the ones that... It's kind of like Meet the Falkers. Remember how witty and clever those baby boomer Hollywood directors were? They always called Meet the Falkers. And then what was the other play on words they did? Um, I forgot. Ben Stiller, Robert De Niro. Anyway, that RV in that movie is the type of RVs that are here. Where the, the walls expand out. And then you got a nice living room. And you actually live in the high-end... Uh, th- yeah, that that needs a car to go. Those things have cars that park within it, or two motorcycles if you want, or an RV or a, like a four wheeler vehicle. Uh, anyway, uh, but I mean, now if you have godly amounts of money like these people do, then then whether or not you could afford an RV and whether it's financially feasible and makes logical sense, that that no longer matters. But for the rest of us mere mortals, us commoners, us plebes, us normies. Uh, it, it it doesn't make any sense because I, I ran the numbers. If you take just your average RV, $80,000. Uh, and typically, 
90% of the people that do it, heck, probably 95 based on all the old timers at the, at the place I go in to get my morning coffee, uh, they're, they're old. You're retired. So you don't have that many years left to live, let alone uh, maintaining an RV does require some physical labor. This isn't like you just get a condo and the homeowners association takes care of it all. So if they, any of you 50-somethings are thinking, I like to go right around with my love, Bethel. And we'll hold wrinkly hands together as we drive across America in our RV. No, you're going to have to, like, they they lurch. you got to jack them up. you got to attach pipes. you got to attach, uh, 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 what's it called, septic systems. you got got uh, electricity, propane tanks. It, it's, uh, it's a chore. Uh, but then financially, you're not going to be able to do that for 20 years. But let's just assume... Optimistically, you retire at 60, you and Tilly decide to grow, get yourself an RV, and you're going to do that for 20 years. Let's say you make it that 20 years, right? This improbable likelihood that you're going to live that to 80 and healthy and be able to do it. Um, even if you have, if you dropped 80 grand cash on that RV, you still could afford a very nice hotel every night at different places, having everything taken care of. Your laundry, you just pull up and park, you check in. Less gas. It's 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 actually cheaper, frankly, because you only need one vehicle. You need your chase vehicle. Get yourself a nice Buick. Get yourself a nice oh man, the nicest car. I gotta go buy one one of these days. Nineteen ninety Chevy Caprice Classic. That was probably my favorite car. Big comfort recliner on four wheels, with a back seat you could bang any chicken as long as she wasn't too fat or too tall. <laughs> Not that I would know. I'm just saying. I estimated the size of I'm not I can't lie to you. I it was great. It was just I got to go get another one of those cars. Hopefully they're they're cheap. Hopefully I can find one. Anyway, so you get this nice comfy car. You drive across the country in that a nice Buick. A heck even an SUV if you like the legroom you want to have an SUV. It's going to be way cheaper, way more comfortable and just a lot more fun cuz you're you're not driving this headache around. You girls don't understand this. You girls don't understand house maintenance. You just, oh my God, I did the dishes. I did laundry. We suffer. Patriarchy. You don't understand like, oh, we got to do siding. Uh, there's gas. There's oil changers. There's coolant. It's more complicated than a house. You got an engine involved, suspension. <laughs> then, then I, you know, you girls, I, I don't know why. I'm looking at the, right off to my right. I got myself a stove here. Now, why do I have a stove? I know the guy who owns this. Why does he have a stove? There's no reason for a stove to be here. This is a transport vehicle. It's used to transport people. I don't think this thing's ever been turned on. Man, if I rub my finger across... Yeah, dust. Dust. If I do the old drill sergeant, put on the white glove and go right across, there's a bunch of dust on this thing. hasn't been used ever. Anyway, uh, despite all the drawbacks of the RV... I do like the concept of having the RV. It's uh, it's somewhat adventuresome. It's kind of like, oh, it's not traditional. And then the girlfriend, uh, her company that she works for, flew her and all the, the workers out. They did their Christmas celebration. They had a very good year. So they decided to fly everybody out to Vegas. And uh, they they got uh, what are they staying at? They're staying at the v- Videra Vidara, one of the newest fancy schmanciest that gets the girls that all excited. Twenty something girls about shiny object. Ooh, it's pretty and shiny and expensive, Daddy. I want. 
So they, they uh, like the sheeple, they went and went to the most popular one. And uh, we had a room there, so she's like, well, you can you know broadcast from the room and do all that. And I was, I was about to, but I left all my workout gear here. And I'm like, oh crap, I got to work out, because I'm being religious, disciplined. My life is no longer my own, although I am looking sexy. I'll tell you guys more about that, because it's hard for me to talk about how great I am. You know, guys know how hard that is for me. Anyway, I say, oh, wait, now I got to go back to the RV. And I prefer it. I prefer it. I got my, my shorts. I got my workout shoes that are in desperate need of replacement. Went to the gym, lifted weights for about an hour and 15 minutes. Got back, and now I'm going to record here in the RV. And I don't even know if my neighbors are home. I think my neighbors go out and party all the time, though. Because I could, when I sleep in the RV, I hear them come back at 2 a.m. all the time. And the wife, I presume wife, a female is giggling, and the husband, you kind of, and you hear them open up their RV and then they close it and you don't hear from them again. Of course, I'm half awake anyway. Uh, but no, I prefer this. I prefer this. This is nice. But it does, it does tell me, you got to know thine self. It does tell me that in my, my real estate empire, I'm slowly building up. Once I pay off the mortgage in um, the WBL, and the girlfriend, she's going to probably buy a place down here in Vegas. But when I get, I want to have land in South Dakota. I want to, I want to be able to grow my own food so I don't have to worry. That's, that's, the, that's the key thing, I guess. For those of you who are worried about the future and enjoy the decline and all that, one thing is to buy property overseas. That's, that's plan C. But plan B is I, I want to be able to grow my own food and be able to go off-grid. So I've been looking at things like, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Well, I know the wood-burning stove, but drilling wells and then the um, Tesla home batteries. I've also thought about just stockpiling a ton of food and wares. Like everyone, think about the concept of, re- of retirement. And one of these days I'm going to write a book called The New Retirement. And one of the things that's going to be talking about is how stupid, how many unnecessary steps we take in saving our money in a 401k or an IRA or just the stock market in general, just investments in general, uh, to retire in 30, 40, 50 years from now. Because basically what you're doing is saying, okay, I'm going to take my money, I'm going to gamble it, and that's what you're doing. You're gambling, albeit statistically it's likely going to grow. You're going to gamble it by investing in stocks and bonds and mutual funds and ETFs and other securities in the stock market. Uh, it will hopefully go up in value because just magically, according to American morons, stocks just go up. Things just go up. They never go down or stay down like they did in Japan for 30 years. They just go up all the time. Oh my goodness. It's magic. <laughs> and then 30, 40, 50 years from now, you start selling those uh, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And then what do you do with that money? You go and buy things to help maintain and support your life. So, toothpaste, shoes, food, clothing, shelter, basically, is what you're doing. Well, my question is simply this. Why not buy and stockpile the stuff you need now? Or in the future, why don't you, why don't you stockpile it now? Why am I going to risk <clears throat> the chance that the stock market's going to go down or we're going to have another housing crisis or 
what what is guaranteed to happen that the money managers take one to two to some of them take five percent a year quote management fees and administrative fees which i understand they got to make money but why am i going to risk it putting my money in somebody else's hands some under somebody else's management for one to them to potentially embezzle it away uh, and I don't mean that in like a Bernie Madoff. I mean they just nickel and dime you over time. Two, to have the stock market not go up. Or three, have the government potentially confiscate it. That's my big primary concern. And then four, when I got to sell it, then I'm not taxed the hell out of it when I sell that the, those pros, the, the money, either be capital gains or they rescind the tax treatments, the tax benefit of a Roth uh, uh, IRA or 401k. It seems unnecessarily complex to me. And so my one of my things I'm thinking down the road, and this is again to inoculate yourself, to be able to enjoy the decline. My, my goal is to not let what is happening to the country, one, bother me, and I do that by, two, not letting it affect me. So that whatever happens out there on the interwebs or the television shows or the news or the talking heads, I could say, I don't care. You want to why? Because it doesn't affect me because I don't have my money in the stock market. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have debts. And as I was talking about this kind of going down the new retirement route, instead of investing my money in the 401k that was recently nationalized by President Elizabeth Warren or whoever might be president and uh, the, the national or the national, the Supreme Court doesn't, they, they legitimize the confiscation of people's houses or whatever. That doesn't bother me because I have stockpiled enough boring stuff, very boring, but enough necessities of life that I can live. I have 20 years supply of toilet paper. I have 20 years supply of toothpaste. I have 20 years supply of, it won't be great, but I can have enough dry goods I can eat for the rest of my life. And I don't have to sell a piece of my funds over at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. I don't have to go to Edwards Jones and say, I'd like to withdraw. Oh, well, there's a withdrawal fee. There's a 5% with, and then there's capital gains, and here's your $3.43, even though you invested $10 back in 1993. I simply go to the the granary or the Cappy's uh, warehouse. I go in. I grab myself a thing of toilet paper that I bought 20 years ago. You know, this is 65-year-old Cappy. Uh, he, he bought his place in South Dakota when he was 45. Uh, and he's got his, his um, I like to grow citrus. When I was in Phoenix, everybody has citrus, citrus trees. It just amazed me. Oh, yeah, go grab a grapefruit for our neighbors. They don't care. There's this grapefruit. It's great. Tastes awesome. Like freshly squeezed grapefruit juice. Like, this is great. That the grape citrus doesn't grow well in South Dakota. But I'd grow something. Maybe an apple tree. I have a little bit of a farm. Have my fruits and veggies. I'd barter, I'd trade with the local butcher who grows, uh, 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 not cattle. What's the stuff that's really healthy for you? What are those big animals that roam out there with deer and the... Buffalo, buffalo roam. Deer and antelope. Give me a home where the buffalo roam. Yeah, buffalo. And so, uh, I'd have all my food, I'd have all my necessities, I'd have my house bought and paid for, and that, that would be the real retirement. That would be I don't I don't need to touch a 401k. I don't need to touch an IRA. I don't need to give a bunch of can't curse scumbags, charlatans, posers, wannabes out in New York City or Wall Street my money. 
or 1% or 2% for a managerial fee every year. Ah. I just go buy my product. So that's that's kind of the goal. So uh, I don't know how we got to this while everyone's sitting there over at the, the Vidara. But going to go pay off the house. Girlfriend's going to buy a place here. Then the old captain's going to buy a place out in South Dakota. And I'm going to learn how to farm. If you want, go to Small Scale Life. It's a podcast. Look up Small Scale Life. Our good buddy Tom, he runs that. I've been taking notes, you know, because he posts a, a podcast once every three months, so I might learn something. Don't worry, it won't take a long time to get through his archives. Do you guys have a spare afternoon? Listen to the entire podcast archive of Small Scale Life. <laughs> well, that was mean. I'm the only one telling anybody the truth. I'm going to get my gardens going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build them up, get some greenhouses, keep the critters out. And then, uh, yeah, and then then comes peace and serenity. Then, oh my gosh, terrorists attacked another gay nightclub, even though the gays are going to vote in for Hillary Clinton, so more of that can happen of the same. Oh my gosh, the taxes are going up on, on withdrawal. Oh my gosh, uh, uh, President Nancy Pelosi rescinded the preferential tra- tax treatments of the Roth retirement funds. Oh my gosh, pensions have been nationalized. Oh my gosh, 401ks have been nationalized. I'll just be sitting there, raindrops keep falling on my head. As I sleep in my comfy five-by-five-foot shed out in Dakota prairies, boom, hey, I'm gonna pick some apples and eat them for frickin' free. Nothing's worrying me. Oh, and that's what I was saying. Okay, I found out where I connected it back. Uh, the house, though, I'm gonna build in South Dakota. I think it's going to be no bigger than an RV. I think it's. I'm pre- we're pretty sure we're going to get one of those micro houses, and then the the larger facilities are going to be the garage. Because I'll let you on a little secret. I, I desperately want probably the most expensive, frivolous thing. Um, if I ever get the money, and I I I don't even want to bother looking at how much it's going to cost. But there's going to be the mini house. There's going to be a garage, and the garage is going to be huge because what I'd really like to do is I'd really like to rebuild old classic cars. I got a little bit of mechanical ability in me, but I don't have the upholstery work or, or working with metal or welding like Atham does. I don't know how to paint, and so that's going to be a long, arduous process where I'm going to have to teach myself welding I'm going to have to learn how to, and, and forget forget the process. I can learn. I could go on YouTube and I can learn. I could go and study, a, a, you know, apprentice under somebody. What I'm more worried about is the gear I'm going to have to buy. I mean, because if you're going to think Rick's Restorations or Count's Customs, if you guys ever watched those shows, I'm always like, God dang. You know, the girlfriend salivates over the, hey, flip this house or flip it and flop it or love it or list it or two handsome gays up in uh, Canada who are like brothers and, oh, look at this house you can't afford. That's basically all those shows are. Hey, look at this house you can't afford. And that's a, and, and so she salivates over that. But then I salivate, not so much when these guys finish an old classic car, but I'm like looking at like the craftsmanship and the skill and how they take something that's old and ugly. It's like reversing an old woman. It's like de-aging a woman by 25 years. It's like, hey, we got this old piece of crap. 
And through the magic of uh, auto mechanics and upholstery, hey, look, she looks like she's 25 again. Shame. Shame, that was too. Anyway, that's what I'd like to do. Uh, I'd like to have all the gear and the equipment that I can find a frame, or at least the body, of an old classic car. Put on new panels, undent it, whatever I gotta do. Put on new paint, uh, everything. Uh, suspension, uh, put the transmission in, fine pieces, put it all together. And then have that sucker rolling out looking like a million bucks. And I could do it too. And the reason I could do it, let me tell you why I kind of got Because not only did I like doing that, I, I learned when I was in Wyoming how much I really like fixing my motorcycles and mechanics. Uh, what, what really uh, got me on that is that it's very much like writing a book. Like, I know all these guys who've been working. I every, Okay, not I know all these guys. Every guy I know who's a car guy, who's working on rebuilding the hot rod, they're still working on rebuilding that hot rod from more than 10 years ago. I know one guy, he's got this, like, uh, 34 A-frame, A-model, a, a T-model. He's got. It's just been sitting there forever. It's been sitting longer in his garage than it's been since it rolled off the Ford assembly line in 1934. I know another guy who's been working on some hot rod Camaro uh, ever since I've known him for five years. It just sits there underneath the tarp. And then it's the same thing with people with books. Oh, I'm writing a book. Oh, really? How long have you been writing it, Brian the dog? Oh, I've been writing it for three years. What page you on? Five. And that's not me. You guys know me. I can bang out a book faster than it takes most people to read. Bachelor Pad Economics took three months. Every other book I had, I think, I think Enjoy the Decline took two. Everything took less than three months. And I have a couple that I did in three weeks or less. Uh, weren't terribly long, but Worthless took two weeks. Uh, of course, not a terribly long book either. But my point is, I got the mentality that if I had the gear and the skills and the resources to do it, like I had the equipment and everything to do it, I could turn out, I could bang out classic cars. I could turn those suckers around. It'd just be something to look at. It'd just be like, well, look at this piece of history. Look at this classical thing. It was it was nothing. It was junk. And in, and in a month, I turned it around. Now I got this awesome hot rod. I got this awesome classical muscle car. And it's mine. And I gotta be like Jay Lennon. Thank God I have property on South Dakota because then the the largest building in terms of square footage would be the storage place. I'd have I'd have my storage of all my toilet paper and my ramen noodles and my toothpaste. And then there'd be cars in there as well, classic cars. I wouldn't sell them. I'd just say, Nah, I'm not selling it. Nope. Why not? Well, because it costs so little for me to buy it, and it was all my labor that went into it. And oh, by the way, I don't have debts, and I don't need the money. I don't think you people deserve it. No, I don't. Nope. I'd bang out three of those a year. Oh, wow, look at that. I'd just drive them around. Oh, that'd be great. So that that's a, so there'd just be a small little house on the prairie. Somewhere face of the Black Hills. I'll figure it out. And then I'd have my my garden, lengthy garden. I'd have some trees, some fruit trees. And then I'd have the garage with all the equipment and gear then we'd have the storage bin and that then that would be that'd be it. and the only thing left after that to buy would be a piece of property out in i don't know new zealand 
literally just a piece of property and there would be a bank account. And that way if anybody took over, or another big concern I have is how the Democrats and the leftists and the social justice warriors are all obsessed about race and gender, is they will start incorporating that into law. You say, oh, they can't do that, they don't want him. No, no, they, they can and they will, I'm afraid. And so they'll start saying, well, if, you have, if you're white, then you have to pay this extra tax rate. And if you're male, you have to give up this percentage of your wealth. Or you have to forfeit your house. You have to forfeit this land. Or, or you get you when you withdraw. We're going to nationalize your your retirement accounts at these rates. Or you don't get social security because you're a white male and you may. They'll have a program. They'll have a formula. It happens in Zimbabwe. I think it happened even in South Africa. Uh, it happened. Didn't they do that in some South American country? That doesn't really nail it down. I want to say Peru, where the Indians were like, or was am I? Was it the Bolivar Revolution? Simon Bolivar. I'll have to go back. There was one where they did land reform. Maybe that was Venezuela. I know it was certainly Cuba. But yeah, oh, that won't happen here. No one. It just might. It just might. So I'm a little reluctant to invest in the system. And and I know, oh, Aaron, you're one of these crazy conspirators. Oh, what do you know? You know, dot-com bubble, Asian currency crisis, housing bubble, education bubble, retirement bubble. Oh, Aaron, your track record is so poor. <laughs> oh, anyway. So, yeah, it, it is the Clary Podcast. It's the curse-free episode. How you guys doing? Um, We got a lot of news today, so maybe we'll just get to the sponsors right off the bat. Let's go and pull up the sponsors. I know a lot of you guys on the on the YouTube for asshole consulting are like, the audio sucks. Yes, I'm in the mobile office, guys. I'm in the mobile office. Things are going to suck a little bit. They're going to suck for another month. Not even another month. I'm here. Oh wow, it's at the tenth already. Jeez, time flew by. I only got like eighteen days. Eighteen days left. That's less than three weeks. Oh my gosh, did the time fly. Yeah, February only has 28 days. Jeez. I got nowhere near the stuff done I wanted to do. I wanted to go to that tactical training, didn't get that done. I got to go look for houses for the GF. That's the next mission. It's almost I get like a lot. I know this may shock you guys. This may shock Sit down. I'm going to tell you another little secret about women. Both men and women, I want you to sit down about it. You guys ready for this? When the girls go away, you get a lot more work done. I know that is shocking. I know that's crazy. But that's why God put me on this earth, to tell you guys these shocking truths. <laughs> it's like she comes, hey, how you doing? Let's have fun. And I'm like, oh, crap. Look at the to-do list. She was only here five minutes. Why did it? Oh, God. And then I got three days worth of work. Yeah. Holy cow. I got to get on it. That's the problem. Oh, that's what I got. Let me tell you another story. Let me tell you more about myself. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to tell you about my The only reason I, I this podcast ever started was as therapy for myself because I don't believe in therapists. I really don't. But um, I know darn why I'm, I'm so short for time. I've been going on this religious workout because for the GF, her birthday's coming up. I want to be completely ripped. So I had two months... I'm into week six now. Religious. Religious. Adhered to it. 
And it really is mind over matter. If you think, oh, I want to lose weight, I want to lose, stop, want, just do it. Just do it. You know what you have to do. All right? And if you just do the right diet and you work out every day, you know, except for the Sabbath, I do the Sabbath workout. Let's just call it the Sabbath workout. I don't know if there's a thing called the Sabbath workout, but let's just say it's the Sabbath workout. I run uneven, I lift weights on odd, and I take the seventh day off, say the Lord of the Sabbath. I allow myself a treat, all right? But it's basically I cut out all the carbs, I eat meat, I eat spinach. I'll occasionally have a grapefruit because that's to lower the cholesterol, and I will have some carbs through some oatmeal. I have almonds. A lot. It's balancing getting the diet that allows to get shredded, but then also the diet that lowers cholesterol. And sometimes those uh, those are contradictory to one another. Uh, and then I just work out. So you diet, you diet and work out. That's all. And you work out a lot. And I've gotten great results. I'm in probably the best shape I've ever been. There was a time... Uh, got stuff in my teeth. Hang on. There we go. Got it. There was a time when I was 30, 31, I was in really good shape. And now I'm probably in better shape. And, that, and, and what it is, it's just to get over the psychological, oh, I want to sit on my ass, I want to sit on my ass, I want to sit on my ass. You, you just basically give yourself to God. You don't have a choice. You don't fret. You don't worry. You don't You don't uh, fear the upcoming... You're just like, no, we're doing this. This is what we do. And, and you just go. And like it's the same thing with food. It's like you don't worry about it. You don't fret over it. You're just not going to have cake. You're just not going to have tiramisu. You're just not going to have that lollipop. You're not going to have uh, that pretzel bun. You just eat, it, it's made out for you, you just follow that rule, you just follow that algorithm, you hit the gym, you have your protein power, you take your creatine, and, and then you work out. So, the old captain, very proud of himself, and looking good enough, I take a picture, I put it on the Facebook, and say, hey, look, you know, six weeks in, da 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 da, da all that. And I know my friends, I know my, my family, I know everyone, everyone's going to pick on me. But deep down inside, like, dang, yeah, he he did do good. He is he is getting pretty ripped. That is some that's genuine progress. But they don't say that. They ah, what, what is that? Oh, hey, that, oh, what are you, a, a teenager putting selfies on the internet? It's like, hey, I'm I'm like almost forty two here, and uh, I'm looking better than most millennials, which isn't saying much. But still, I'm kind of proud. So in comes unsolicited, undemanded, unasked for advice. And not only is it advice that's unsolicited, but somebody's unsolicited advice contradict what somebody else's unsolicited advice is. And then these two start, not two, but the groups of people start warring with each other about what does and does not work. There are a couple of things to point out. Now, I love these people to death, don't get me wrong. One, none of these people are in shape. You don't want these people putting pictures of themselves shirtless on Facebook saying, hey, look at my progress in six weeks, because there's been none. All right? Two, uh, there's the evidence right there that what I'm doing is working and probably don't really need any help. I, did, um, I, I didn't have the results exactly that I wanted, so I contacted my buddy, who, if he put his picture up shirtless, every girl would be like, is he single? No, he's not, so don't ask. Uh, so this is the guy I kind of ask. I'm like, hey, how do I tweak? How do I? Because you could get about 75% there, but then it's like, yeah, you got to tweak it. 
here's what I'd recommend, this is what you do, you need more protein, you need less this, blah, blah, blah. But there's the proof right there that I kind of know what I'm doing. I am having success. I am having progress. I don't need anybody's help. And if I'm going to help, I'm not going to get it from people who I don't want to look like. Which brings in, they say. And I'm, every guy right now, oh, yes, they say. Because let's let's be honest. It wasn't, the majority of people offering free advice, unsolicited advice, were not of the male persuasion. They were females. Females who uh, mostly uh, weren't, uh, one, they're not males. Uh, Two, they're not in the business of getting ripped and getting biceps and getting abs. Uh, And three, were not they themselves that uh, physically attractive. Again, you would not want these people putting pictures of themselves up on the interwebs. But you see, they, they get the source of all wisdom from this Godlike entity, this all-knowing, omnipresent, omnipowerful, omni-knowledgeable entity called they say, and so uh, it it basically goes like this: um, you could say I'm having some great success. Look at this, blah blah blah, and in comes they want to help you. You see, they want to help you because they know better because they heard from they say. Well, they say you should eat more arugula. They say that if you cut out carbs, your kidneys are going to explode. They say that if you don't eat more carrots, your eyes, you're going to go blind. And all this... Oh, I can't curse. Oh, and I so need to curse, I can't curse. All this malarkey, all this poppycock, which is never uh, confirmed or denied by the American Medical Association the uh, FDA, or any kind of genuine scientific study, which they immediately pull an Alex Jones out. He's like, well, you can't trust the American Medical Association. They only oversee, you know, thousands of heart transplants and surgeries and have a ton of medical data, and they actually don't really have any kind of incentive like the pharmaceutical industry would have. You can't trust them. You can only trust they say. Because they say obviously has more authority than any entity in the United States or the world. So I just, and, I, and I've learned to give up, you know, because the girlfriend, she's into this thing. Well, they say, and it's not just, the, it's everybody, every female at least. Guys are a little bit more suspicious about they say. Well, they say, and it, look, ladies, where, where, where do you get this BS is it is it from the TV shows? Is it from the View or the Real? Don't know why that was showing on my uh, on the television screens at my gym today. The Real. I don't even know what that is. Did Michaela say it? All they do is repeat the same thing. They say. Well, who is they? Where are they headquartered? Who who is who is? Do do I go to their website? And there's a bio. And I click on it, and I can see doctors and physicians and nutritionists and scientists with impeccable credentials. And linked to it are their empirical research and data and results of, of you know, they say, I say, oh, that's who they are. Well, obviously, Dr. Fred Frederson and, and Dr. Amy Amundsen, who are specialists in, I don't know, kinesiology, uh epidemiology, doctors in medicine, nutrition, something, chemistry. 
Oh, and here's the research they've done, and it's spelled out in clear language that, that what they say is true, that yes, I need to eat more carrots, otherwise I will go blind. Or that if I don't get any carbs, my kidneys will explode. But I, I don't see that. That's never around. Girls go to online media or traditional media resources. You know, they say, and then all the girls, mm-hmm. They say, They say, And it's because they love you, they care, and then they find some new bit of wisdom. Wisdom. They find some new thing that they say. And then they can't wait to rush to tell you, oh, you know what they say? Or they, or they I don't know if they say found it and they rush it, but they save it up. They seem to store it. And then they wait until you take an action in your life. Of, of your own life, mind you. This is your own life. You were born into it. You have your own agency. This is not North Korea. You have the right to live your life the way you do. And you're about to walk and I'm not even choking. I could say, because this is, you guys are going to roll on the floor once you see, because you're going to say, yeah, it's like that. And you decide that to initiate your walk, you're going to go forward with your right foot first. And there's your girlfriend or your wife or somebody. You know, they say that if you start walking with your left, it's better for your posture. And then it's just needle off the record. You look at them to see if they realize how stupid that just sounded. And to see if there's if there's an ounce, a hope, a neuron still firing of independent thought and judgment where it'd be like, do you just take it and run with it? And are you waiting for opportune moments to criticize me with what they say is? Like, it's, it's not even... It, I don't know the incentive that the women have to do this either. It's not, it's not to nag... I think maybe it's to help or or maybe that I mean is is it that you want to be useful knock it the f off stop telling us what they say you think in the 2 million years humans have been walking around figuring stuff out landing on the moon curing cancer curing disease treating cancer flying airplanes that go Mach 6. You think we haven't optimized a lot of things in society? You don't think that that we've figured out a lot of things? And now this hokum voodoo crap coming off of the view or the real or the say? They say, you know, this little nitpicky thing that we have no empirical evidence and it flies in the face of reason. Does it make you feel good? Knock it off! (laughs) And it's typically in the realm of health. First carbs are bad, then carbs are good. You can't eat eggs. No, you can. Butter's bad. Butter's good. There's a... I always, you know, because... And that that becomes very frustrating to men. Because then men, and women too, who want to be healthy, who want to work out... A perfect classical example is cholesterol. I look at this guy called John Hyde. You don't know who John Hyde is, but I've mentioned in the show that he, he does the sports or the the news, he's kind of the news guy on a podcast I like listening to called Garage Logic. This guy had a triple bypass heart surgery or some some huge surgery on his heart. You know who I'm going to listen to? I'm going to listen to to John Height about heart health and what's good for you and cholesterol. That's the guy I'm listening to because he's the one that had his chest cracked open, had tubes and things switched around in his heart 
and had to go on a diet. And I bet you he didn't care what they say. He started listening to what the cardiologists and the heart surgeons told him to do. Because I, I know, well, you know, you can't trust the American Medical Association. And what do heart surgeons know anyway? When people who work on hearts tell me, hey, cholesterol is bad, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adhere to that. That's why I have here my almonds. Here, I'll shake it for you. I got almonds. What else we got in the box of stuff? I got my, got my oatmeal. That's right there. That also comes with uh, steel-cut oats made with whole grain oats, made with flaxseed. Flaxseed is good for that. Um, this won't make, here, this won't make much noise. I have my green tea. Grab that. Don't know if you could hear that. And then, I got my shoes and my trimmers in here. What else we got? Hang on. There's like seven things I gotta take. Oh, here, fish oil. That's fish oil. And then, um, uh, plant sterols and stanols. That one there. What else do I take? Oh, magnesium. Calcium, magnesium, zinc. I can't remember if I'm taking that because it's good for cholesterol or good for lifting weights. The point is this. When it's my health and the conventional wisdom coming from people who crack open hearts and reassemble them and rewire them, say cholesterol is bad, I'm going to believe those guys. And what, what just befuddles me, what flummoxes me, leaves me speechless, is when, oh, I went to the doctor, they say I have very high cholesterol and I should probably do something about it. And I know a buddy of mine... Uh, not a buddy, but there's that John Height guy. I know a couple other people that have clogged arteries. And they had to go, you know, Bill Clinton. You know, it's not like you have to be your friends or anything. They have heart problems. And and where my jaw hits the ground is when these guys, friends of mine, whether they have heart problems or not. But I'm like, yeah, you know, I got a buddy Craig. Craig, I hope you're listening. Craig is uh, he he's overweight by at least I'd say 40 pounds. <clears throat> he's probably pushing obesity. Three years older than me, four. Uh, he doesn't exercise for for crap, and I'd like to see him around. And uh, you know, he is like the ideal candidate for a heart attack before fifty. And um, and he just eats crap, just butter and meat, and 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 that's fine. I, I understand having a little, but but you know, a vegetable every once in a while, exercise, have oatmeal, clear out your your arteries a little bit. And he tells me, oh, yeah, you know, they say I have high cholesterol, but, you know, they say that, you know, who knows what that is. It's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this isn't toe fungus. This isn't, this isn't runny noses. This isn't slimy boogers. This is the crap that clogs your heart. You, this is, this is your, your cardiovascular system. This isn't, well, I'll dip my toes in bleach. This is, we cut your your chest muscles open. We break through the bones in your, your chest. And then there's your pulsating heart. And we got to do it quickly. And we got to cut this one thing you got to clear it or unblock it or treat it. And all you have to do, all you have to do is change your diet. But you know what? You're going to rely on, well, they say you can't trust those studies. It's like, fudge. I'm going to be lonely. I just, I know I'm going to be lonely. <laughs> My friends are all going to die. Uh, 
they're not going to be around. The ones that I do, I, there's going to be a couple people that are still alive. Who's still going to be alive? Who's going to be alive? My San Diego buddies will still be alive. They'll be okay. Uh, but then I have to drive to San Diego to see them. Uh, no one in Minnesota will be alive. Maybe DT over at theblackbrigade.org. He's pretty healthy. He eats all right. He, he's pretty healthy. Oh, wait, that would require him to go out and have fun and enjoy life. So he's not a... He's metaphorically a friend. He's In theory, he exists. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be sad. Uh, no, it's, I, I'm going to be... Thank God I got some nieces and nephews. I'll train them. They'll be my friends. They'll be friends of Cappy, won't you? As long as your uncle bribes you with cake and toys. and Please be my friend. <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's go on to... Now let's do the sponsors here. What we got for sponsors? Hang on, pull that up. No, don't do that. There we go. Uh, We got our, our good friend Adam Pickett over in uh, Australia. He's got a couple books out on a podcast. He does the exact same thing I do, except he's on the opposite side of the world. Uh, go to pushingrubberdownhill.com where you can find his podcast, his blog, and his books. His two books are Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill. Both are available in paperback and Kindle, I think. Pushing Rubber Downhill is available in audio. Speaking of books that are available in audio, why don't you check out my books? They're all very good, and you should all buy them. And the, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. You should buy them because they say you should. And I don't know what is a more authoritative expert in the world than they say. So they say you should go and buy Enjoy the Decline, uh, which is available in paperback, audio, and Kindle. The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, that's only available in uh, paperback and Kindle uh, because there just isn't enough people buying it um, to warrant spending the money on an audiobook. Although we should record that in audio and just blast it at public schools. Just a sad thing is it wouldn't piss off any of the students. It would probably make the students very happy. Uh, it will piss off the teachers who need to like continually enslave the children. Um... Oh, God, if you guys want to see a happy... You guys want to see leftists getting punished? I, I Maybe I could read an article about it, but go online. Just do this on your own. I'm not going to cover it. But St. Paul Public Schools, uh, they got a... Uh, I think she's a, a, a genuine dindu, touchy-feely superintendent. They always get a liberal leftist superintendent. They last a year and a half, and then they make a, a quarter-million-dollar settlement. But the latest one in there, um, she started cracking down on... Uh, what she wanted to be equal punishment so if you're going to discipline Asians X amount you cannot discipline as a percent of the population blacks as much uh, and because blacks frankly are brought up in crappier homes than Asians and they are just not their culture does not raise them uh, to value education or or I'm sorry I don't really care what you think because it's true I'm trying to help or good grades, and don't you dare act white. Since excellence and achievement is not encouraged in the black community, uh, misbehaving and a lack of parenting are, and a lack of fathers, that's that's basically where the seed of the origin of the problem is. Uh, there's no discipline, uh, or they need discipline, and since teachers are not allowed to give them discipline, now you have roving gangs of, of kids in the St. Paul high schools. And it's great because these teachers are now complaining about it, like, oh my God! These children are allowed to discipline them. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't care about you. I don't care about you. One teacher got the crap kicked out of him. It was great. It's like the, the guy in New York, the principal, got the crap kicked out of him. At the business school, the business charter school over in, was it Manhattan? No, it was Brooklyn. 
I don't mind it when public school teachers who predominantly vote left get the crap kicked out of them by their own Frankenstein creations. I love it when their Frankenstein monsters attack them. Like when Starbucks gets torched by by SJWs. It's just great. I, I just love it very much. Um, so if you want to see Crocodile Tears, go just search St. Paul Public Schools Pacific Education Group and then, um, uh, I don't know, whiny crappy teacher. No, that won't come up. Just search St. Paul Public Schools Discipline. You'll find you'll find it. You'll find it. I'm not going to go into it because I, I just don't care. I frankly wish it will continue on. Um, because you guys, here's a perfect example of how to change your mentality and to find joy and happiness where, where this is a good thing. A lot of you would be upset saying, well, these kids shouldn't be acting this way. And, and, and this isn't what school for. And what's our tax dollars going for? No, 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 no. Number one, these kids weren't going to get educated anyway because it's the public schools. Okay. And they lack fathers and they're coming from dysfunctional homes. They weren't going to get educated anyway. Uh, two, don't feel bad for the teacher. Oh my gosh, these teachers. No, no. These teachers are your enemy. Okay? These teachers hate your guts. These teachers think that you benefit unfairly. They think that they need more of your money. And there's never enough of your money. They think they're holier than thou. They think they're intelligent. They think they're smart. Just, just look at regular teachers. Look at education majors. These are the same. These people that are complaining over at St. Paul, those teachers are the exact, go back 20 years ago. They're the idiots in the 90s protesting in Seattle. They'd be social justice warriors today, and they probably did go to the OWS protest over at St. Paul or St. Paul in, in Wall Street. They don't worry about them. Cheer on the kids. I mean, in all honesty, let's be honest. Can you really blame the kids? I understand there's the debate, okay, when is it an innocent little child and when is it a teenager committing an actual crime? I understand it. Setting that aside, what did you think was going to happen? These kids have no father because leftists wanted to kick men out of the household because they wanted to replace men with a government check. right? And men, black or white, or young boys, I should boys turning into men, doesn't matter what race you are, they need their fathers around. But since these, think about it again, teachers back in the 90s voted in all this socialist BS, they love Obama. They love the government coming in and breaking up families and homes. They don't dare hold uh, women up to any kind of standards. They don't dare insist on the nuclear family. And they cannot wait to cut checks fast enough to make sure dysfunctional, broken family homes and single mom homes can be, can be viable, can be floated, can be financed. They can't wait for it because that just generates new voters for them. And, and you guys are worried or upset that these teachers might get the crap kicked out of them? You, you know what it is? It's the slaves revolting against the slave owners, because that's really what it is. Malicious or not, intended or not, conscious of it or not, I don't care. These teachers, by and large, I'm sure there might be one conservative among them, but these teachers, by and large, voted, probably universally, very consistently, to make, ultimately, blacks and minorities their bitch. That's what they did. Look at the teachers. Look at them themselves. Look at the teachers. Union. They love having problem students. Then they get more money for special ed. They don't dare actually tell the kids what's real life and hold them in any kind of standard. They just want their more money in the gimme debts. They want their government checks so they can keep their government jobs. And they don't care how many millions of minority 
men particularly, but women too, lives they ruin as long as they get to play teacher, guidance counselor, diversity director, and get overpaid, overbloated compensation packages like the cunt that they have as the, uh, as the uh, St. Paul super, the superintendent this week. Don't worry, there'll be another one next week. And it will be female, it will be of a minority persuasion, because it's more important that their skin color and they have a hole in between their legs, that person is put in place, rather than somebody that might actually help these kids and care about them. Enough to say, hey, we're having rules and laws here now, I don't care if your dad wasn't around, I'm your new dad, and by God, you're going to listen to me. But that, that would take masculinity, that would take a man. And once again, once again, they don't want men in their lives. They don't want men in their community, and they certainly, they're certainly not con- uh, conservative, traditional, manly men. They don't want that. That would solve... They, then there'd be no problem, students. Then these students would, would almost have, like, hope. Then they go to college, or they go into the military, or they'd uh, go into the trades, and they make money, and then they'd lose all the Democratic votes. And it's more important to have Democratic voters so they can create make-work government programs than it is for these children to have fathers. And that is the St. Paul Public Schools for you. And I know some of the the school teachers are too stupid to see the interconnectivity, to see cost and consequences, to see how the dominoes fall. I know that. But I don't care. You, you You could not wish it upon a more deserving group of people to have and reap what they sow than the St. Paul Public School teachers. Because diversity, uber alles... Because feelings, emotions, and socialism. Forget excellence. Forget discipline. Forget rigor. Forget accomplishment. Nope, nope, nope. It's all about the feels. It's all about the socialisms. And it's all about the wacisms and the diversities. That's all it's about to them. So that they can feel good. That they're fighting. They're championing something. They're making the kids feel good. It's not your fault, Jimmy, you got an F. It's Whitey's fault. And no, we're not going to punish you. You kick the crap out of whoever you want because that would be, not sexist, that would be racist if we disciplined you. It's a great it's a great bleep show. Just watch it. Watch the St. Paul Public Schools. It's like, it's like Knott's Landing or Dynasty or Dallas. Da, 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 da. St. Paul schools really suck. They're headed up by teacher Cox. All right, let's continue on with the sponsors. Anyway, so the black man's got out of poverty. Hey, if any of you kids over in St. Paul Public Schools, especially you boys, it's not for the girls. This book is not for girls. It's not. For young black men, old black men, any black man. And the subtitle says it all. For black men who demand better. You want that? You want to be demand better? You want a better life? Get that book. Black man's got out of poverty in Kindle. So if you're reading it, people won't see you reading it and kick the crap out of you. <laughs> Batch of Pad Economics, that's available uh, to everybody. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. Uh, Women could read it too, but I don't think you're going to like it because it is locker room talk. And oh my gosh, there's truthfuls, there's truths, there's truthies. There's facts and numbers and statistics, and we don't want that. It was a Batch of Pad Economics, that's available in paperback, Kindle, and audio because sitting and reading sucks. Why sit and read when you can listen and go hit the gym or ride your bike or do anything? 
well taking again. We also have Worthless, the Young Person's Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major. That is also a great book for all kids over at the St. Paul Public Schools, especially if you're in high school. Why don't you read that? That'll make sure you don't... Um... Look, K-12 through is a waste. Let's just put it that way. You don't have to make college a waste, too. And you certainly don't want to make college a waste because you get to pay for it. Uh, if, if not with money, but definitely your time. So uh, make sure you're, you're free after se- your senior year in high school. Uh, <laughs> don't go back into another. Don't leave one prison simply to go into another. All right? Get worthless. Read it. Make sure you don't major in stupid crap. Then we have Curse of the High IQ. That's available for everybody over here on my little internet uh, corner of the internets. Uh, if you uh, are having trouble, how would I put it? If you're having trouble getting along with society, get that book. It might explain a couple things. So uh, that's available. Paperback, audio, and Kindle. And Reconnaissance Man, available on audio, Kindle, and paperback. Uh, that is a must-read for everybody and anybody who doesn't know what they want to do in life. And it's not age-specific. Of course, like all books, not just mine, but all books... The younger you read them, the more beneficial they're going to be for you because the wisdom you can apply to the rest of your life. But that doesn't mean if you're 45, Reconnaissance Man isn't for you. So if you're lost, you don't know where you want to live in the country, you have no idea what's going on, get Reconnaissance Man. Uh, we also have Day by Day Cartoon with Chris Muir. Chris Muir puts out a daily cartoon. And uh, you can go to daybydaycartoon.com. And if you're looking for some audio recording uh, specialist, you need someone to read your books or you just happen to have a need or a demand for a, a voice actor, contact two of our good friends here over at Cappy Cap. You can contact Jim Fear at jimfear138.blogspot.com and undertowaudio.com, undertowaudio.com. All right. Uh, ah, come on. Don't want to turn that off. I think we got, well, let's do one news segment. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? From Zero Hedge. We're going to do a clarity test on this guy. Hedge fund son of hedge fund of clear Hillary Clinton's son-in-law has shut down. So the guy that married Chelsea Clinton, uh, his his hedge fund has shut down. Now, if you don't remember, Chelsea Clinton ended up working at a hedge fund at the age of 26 because of her own merit and her intense studies in stochastics, econometrics, uh, quantitative analysis, and computer programming. I told she didn't major in that. But this is interesting. This guy, I was like, <clears throat> I had I had, to, I had to look up his background, and it's just totally what you'd expect. Uh, less than one year ago, we reported that Mark Mazvinsky, the husband of Chelsea Clinton and the son-in-law of Hillary and Bill Clinton, had to shut down its Greek fund after suffering 90% losses. This guy invested in Greece. See, because when communists take over, according to the left, that's when economic productivity really goes. That was when it really jumpstarts. Despite having Goldman Sachs CEO, CEO Lloyd Blankfein as an investor and being Bill and Hillary Clinton's son-in-law, Mark Mesvinsky and, and two former colleagues from Goldman Sachs who manage Eagle Vale Partners Hedge Fund. All right, so this guy worked at, at Goldman Sachs. And this guy has a degree in religious studies or something like that, some bullshit. If that doesn't tell you that it's not what you know but who you know, and how Goldman Sachs and these big-time investment banks, they don't, they, look, they all like to make it sound like they're smart. They're not. They're connected. The Ivy League, it's connections. This is why you don't bother majoring in finance. 
This is why if you want to really get into finance, you study math and you study computer programming and you undermine these people. So he, he he just he happened to work and this guy's like thirty five and he's gonna start his own he's gonna start his own fund. He's gonna start his own where do you get the money? You'll find out. Uh, da, 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 told investors in a later last a letter last February they had been incorrect on Greece, generating staggering losses for the firm's main Eagle Vale Hellenic Opportunity, aka the Greek Recovery Fund, lost most of its life. By incorrect, the Clinton era parent meant the 25 million Eagle Vale Greek Fund had lost a stunning 48 percent in 2014. And you look at the picture; this guy's just a douche. I'm sorry, I know it's the Curse Free Podcast, but he's just a douche. He looks like a douche. There's no other word in the English language that describes this guy other than him being a douche. Uh, the closure took place just three years after institutional investor proclaimed Mizvinsky a hedge fund rising star in 2013. <laughs> like, if you ever see these um, Forbes, the top 40 under 40, like, it's they're young and up and coming, that means these people are going to file for bankruptcy. That's basically what it means. Or Money Magazine. This is why you don't read Money Magazine. You read Hedge, uh, uh, Zero Hedge or Mitch's Global Economic Analysis or even me occasionally if I write about economics and finance, but uh, frankly, I'm not paid enough to. Uh, in late 2011, Mark Mizvinsky co-founded New York-based macro-focused hedge fund firm Eagle Vale Partners with Bennett Grau and Mark Mallon, two Goldman Sachs group proprietary traders whom he'd gotten to know when they worked at the bank. Best known as the husband of Chelsea Clinton. Here we go. Mizvinsky, 35, who has a BA in religious studies and philosophy from Stanford University and a master's in arts in politics, philosophy, and economics from the University of Oxford, had been quietly building his finance career. Before launching his own firm, longtime Clinton family friend was a partner and global macro portfolio manager at New York and Rio de Janeiro-based investment house 3G Capital. Eagle Vale manages more than $400 million. This is why you invest in the market. This is why you invest in indexed funds. This is why, oh, I got to talk about Betterment. I'll talk about that. This is why you go through Betterment. Um, I'll explain that once we get to the, actually, let me take a note because I forgot to put that. All of a sudden, I got a check from Betterment. I'm like, holy crap, maybe I should start. I didn't realize I was making that much money off of those guys. I'm like, So Betterment's back in business. But this this is why you you don't rely on the pros, guys. You do not rely on the pros. I don't care how many hours of propaganda and shows CNBC plays. I don't care how hot Maria Bartiromo looks. Uh, she still looks pretty hot for her age. I don't care. You don't need them. 95, did the housing crash teach you nothing? Did it not teach you guys nothing that these guys know jack crap? And that you are wasting your time just as much as those morons watching the pre-pre-post-post-pre-pros-pros-pre-game show for the football on ESPN. As they're wasting their time eating wings over at Buffalo Wild Wings with some other man's jersey on it. And they're like getting some wings, man. And they're doing like they're, they're doing their, their fantasy football. Those idiots, you make fun of them, you're just the exact same idiot if you're watching CNBC. Oh, do you read Wall Street Journal, do you? Why? Uh, alas, he was anything but, and instead of having a real grasp of macroeconomics events or how to, you know, hedge, he decided to dump millions in Greece just before the country entered a death spiral that culminated with its third bailout, capital controls, insolvent banks, and a terminally crippled economy. I should look up Greece, see what's going on there. 
Meanwhile, things went from terrible to abysmal for the clueless hedge fund manager and his LPs. And the New York Times reports Hillary Clinton's son-in-law is finally shutting down the Greece-focused fund after losing 90% of its value. What did you think was good? Oh, did your did your professors at Stanford tell you investing in communism was a good idea? Those guys who have no real world working experience, like all your professors, Mark. Uh, investors were told last year, last month, that Evangel, Eagle Vale Hellenic Opportunity would finally be put out of its misery and would shudder. Fast forward to today, when overnight hedge fund alert reported that sometime around the end of 2016, Mazinski decided to shut down his entire operation. Eagleville Partners, a global macro shop co-founded by Hillary Clinton's son-in-law, Mark Mazinski, is no longer in business. The New York firm shut down last month, sources said. Eagleville, led by Mazinski and two former colleagues from Goldman Sachs, enjoyed early backing from blue-chip names, including Goldman chairman Lloyd Blankfeld. Hey, Lloyd! Lloyd Blankfeld! Blankfeld? Why don't you give me some money? I'll do a little bit better. It'd be long-term investing. Oh, that's right. You think you got a one and in and out. Oh. oh, that's right. I'm not banging your knees, sir. I don't have a connection to you. If you have any hot daughters, Lloyd, send them my way. I'll bang them. And then maybe you'll give me money to run my little make-believe Lego headshot. Huh? Can I wear a hat? Can I get a parking space, Uncle Lloyd? Uh, an Avenue Capital founder, Mark Lazry. But the flagship Eagleville Partners Fund suffered from weak performance, and last year the firm shuttered a small vehicle focused on investments in Greek, Greek debt after it lost an estimated 90%. One source of... I bet you this was the same guy. Didn't Goldman Sachs, like, have a hand in helping Greece get bailed out? I bet you this guy says, hey buy this and then this will go up and then you'll make millions and then it never came to fruition or the Greek communists took over or whatever uh, one source said Eagleville never got scale suggesting that it failed to gather enough assets to be profitable are you joking me with 90% losses what do you just lose more money despite Mazvinsky's obvious advantages in, fundra- in the fundraising arena on a gross basis, the firm was managing $326 million at year-end 2015, the bulk of it in a separate account for an institutional client. Eaglevale's two funds accounted for only $50 million of the total. At that point, Eaglevale employed nine people. There's no word on what Mesvinsky or his partners Brennett Grau and Mark Mallon plan to do next. Oh, they'll probably go run to their rich parents or something like that, and they'll just get bailed out. Grau, Eaglevale's investment officer, is a veteran currency trader who began his career at commodity trading shop J. Aaron and Company, where Blankenfeld also got his start. Uh, for years, Grau led Goldman's highly profitable macro, global macro proprietary trading business, which trained a generation of macro traders, including Milan and Mizvinsky, who's married to Chelsea Clinton. Why shutter so fast? And this is Zero Hedge writing quickly. Why shutter so fast after the Hillary defeat? Perhaps because without having links to the State Department or the broader U.S. government, any informational arbitrage edge Mizvinsky had hoped to have with the Hillary as president has finally gone. So, um, Mark, I got to look out, spell this guy's Mezvinsky. 
Let me look this guy up because I looked it up. How much you want to bet this guy came through the hard, rough, and tumble streets of the Bronx and then went to CUNY school and then sat outside Goldman Sachs' main offices saying, I want this job like that guy Will Smith started in that movie with the guy who did the thing with the kid running around on the bus. Mark Mazvinsky. We don't even have to... We don't. You guys can already figure out what this guy's Clary score is going to be. What's he doing now? Residence, Flatiron District. Is that a fancy? Is he did it now that it now that he's bankrupt? Did he move to a poor part of town? Is Flatiron a bad neighborhood, guys? I don't know. It must be because that if if my hedge fund collapsed, I know I would have to scale down. So I'm just wondering, does does he scale down? Is Flatiron a bad neighborhood? Because of course that—that's what a real man would do. He'd lose his money, then he'd have to like, oh, how do I support my uh, my family? What in Frick's name is going on? Hang on. Dang, garbage trucks. All right, continuing on. Uh, political party, Democratic. Yeah, you just can't get off of Hillary Clinton's teat, can you? Parents, all right. Early life. Mesvinsky was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and grew up attending a conservative Jewish synagogue. Right, now, here comes his parents. How much you want to bet his parents are hard-working labor people? His parents are both former Democratic members of the U.S. House of Representatives. <laughs> his father is Edward Mesvinsky, born 1937, who embezzled more than $10 million from people via both a Ponzi scheme and advanced fee scams and was found guilty of fraud in 2001. His mother, Marjorie Margolis, who was a TV reporter, represented Pennsylvania's 13th district from 1933 to 19... I'm sorry, 1993 to 1995. They declared bankruptcy shortly before Mazinski's convention and divorce. Ah, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mazinski met Clinton, B.A. in Religious Studies and Philosophy... He has an M.A. in politics and philosophy from economics from the University of Oxford. You know, by the way, uh, you high-end schools offering the best and the brightest, your best and the brightest just generation are just destroying economies and markets and people's lives. I don't know. I, I'm not joking. If I ever had to hire someone, I'll hire someone from a two-year community college before I hire anyone from an Ivy League school. I will never hire anyone from an Ivy League school. I mean, if you're MIT or something that's specifically dedicated towards STEM, okay, I got it. But I'm never hiring an MBA. I'm never hiring any. Well, I'll never hire anyone with a liberal arts degree, too. Uh, but I, if you come from the Ivy League, I, I want nothing to do with you. You guys are incompetent. You're worthless. You're parasitic. Most of you are criminals. Screw you guys. Business career. Subsequent. What's, I wonder what he's doing now. Emails discovered as part of WikiLeaks' release of the Podesta email seem to indicate that Mazvinsky had used his ties to the Clinton family to obtain investors to his hedge fund through the Clinton Foundation. No kidding, really. Boy, pal, you must really work real hard. God, Mark, I'd love to meet you in person in an MMA ring. I would absolutely love that. Actually, I wouldn't because then you find some other of your rich uncles or rich parents to get you like training to get ripped like Matt Dillon, and then I'd actually have a real fight on my hands. Oh, just a disgusting piece of crap. That's all you are. Flatiron District. Let's look up the Flatiron District. Wait. Following their wedding, the couple lived three years in New York's Gramercy Park, later purchasing a condominium in the Nomad area of Manhattan for $10.5 million. 
Yep, you Democrats keep telling you the Democrat Party is for the party of the little people. For the little guy. The Democrats are just for the little guy. You know, they say the Democrats are for the little people. Clinton and Mazinski have a daughter, blah, blah, blah. All right, Flatiron District. Let's see if this is a kind of a poor neighborhood. Oh, this don't look poor. This looks like very fancy buildings. Oh, is it the Flatiron Building? Is that what it is? The triangular building? Okay, I know this. The Flatiron District is a neighborhood in the New York City borough of Manhattan, named after the Flatiron Building at 23rd Street, Broadway, and 5th Avenue. Generally, the Flatiron District is bounded by 20th Street, blah, 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 Broadway... History and names, buildings, education. The Barack College, uh, culture and shopping. The Gold Dome, Gershwin. Everyone in New York, what, what three people of you live in New York saying, yes, it's a fancy place already. Uh, notable residents, Joe Quesada. I don't know him. President Clinton's daughter. Uh, oh, those are the only two people. See, also. I'm just going to assume it's a very rich neighborhood that neither you nor I could live in without the help of Democratic politicians as parents. All right, let's move on to some extra sponsors here. Uh, Betterment. Now, let me explain to you what happened with Betterment. All right, I, I had Betterment on as a sponsor. They have like this basic um, affiliate program and I was like and I, I ran with it for a little bit and I didn't really get any kind of payment until I, I think they pay out like every six months and they got an email saying hey we got some money and I'm like eh, how much is it worth is it really and then like I logged in finally remembered my password logged in I'm like oh wow that's worth it <laughs> and apparently you people liked it I just didn't hear any response so I was like but tax time uh, so we're going to bring Betterment back because it actually is, people are using it. I just didn't know, so I'm terribly sorry. So let me explain what Betterment is. So I thought you didn't. Didn't you just do a whole tirade against the 401k? Sorry. Yes, I did. Let me explain. Uh, Betterment is what's called a robo-advisor. And what a robo-advisor is, is instead of you paying a human uh, to sit there and say, Well, let me ask you, my name's Chip Chipperson. Hey, how you doing? I went to school with Mark Mazinski, and I have my Bachelor's of Arts in Religious Studies, and I'm begging Bill Clinton's other daughter that he had through Marla Maples. <laughs> and I'm just going, get by. It's not that guy. It's basically just a program. You answer a bunch of questions. When do you want to retire? Mathematical questions, things that are variables and formulas. What's your risk adversity? Blah, blah, blah. And then it basically says, invest in these indexed funds. You say, why indexed funds? Because indexed funds typically beat the, beat the, the, the professionals. The, the professionals rarely beat the market. In other words, it's very much a stripped-down, do-it-yourself type of investment uh, and retirement planning. So instead of going like, say, Edward Jones, Dean Martin, not Dean Martin, Dean Witter, Goldman Sachs with Lloyd Blankfeld, hey! Instead of going to those douchebags, what you would do is you go to Betterment, you log on, you fund that, you set up a brokerage account through them, you get designated as an IRA or a Roth IRA, and then you invest with them. And yeah, they take fees out, but it's nowhere near as much as what would be if you actually had a, um, a human managing your funds. And you know what? The truth is, guess what those 
Those, uh, hey, Chip Chipperson over at Dean Witter. Hey, guess what he's doing? He's asking you those questions. He's putting it into a form that they're just salespeople. That's all they are. Brokers, they don't do the analytics. So every, every finance firm is basically this. There's one or two guys who do the actual analytical research and come up with the investment portfolio that they think is going to beat the market. The rest of everybody else, they could call them brokers, they could call them financial advisors. It doesn't matter. They're just salespeople. And they go and they ask you questions, they plug the numbers in the exact same formula, and then uh, they say, invest in this, invest in this, invest in this. All right? They just got rid of that middle guy. And they got rid of the guy at the top because most of those guys at the top can't beat the investor, the index. So it's really stripped down. And your performance, historically, is not going to suffer. It's going to be, it's going to be better than your average fund or your average uh, uh, active money manager. So... I can't promise you anything. Don't say, oh, Aaron Cleary told me to invest in Betterman. Everything. No, no, the stock market could go up and down. Don't, don't act like you're being stupid now. I'm warning you, you can lose money. Uh, but if you, and, and this, this would only, this is the place where what few of my listeners might have. If you have nothing else to do with your money, like you've paid off your debts, we're kind of going to do the Dave Ramsey thing. Like, you got rid of all your credit card debts. You got all your, You have money that you're like, okay, I have nothing else to do with this money. Like, you have a surplus of money. You're a minimalist. You don't know what to do with it. All right, you might as well then go get the tax benefits of having an IRA. Or if you think they're not going to rescind the tax benefits of the Roth IRA, then you go get yourself a Roth IRA. And you do that by going through Betterment. All right? And so all we're doing is cutting out a ton of unnecessary fat and overhead and management, or mismanagement, as we found in the dot-com days. And you just basically, it's a do-it-yourself kind of retirement plan. That's really what it is. Of course, they got to make money somehow to keep the servers up and the, and the internet and their, their website up, and they do. Uh, and it's fair because they got to make money too. I get a kickback, as always, for sending uh, things their way. But I'll have the advertisement up for Betterment on my sidebar, and I'll also have just a post of it on the, on the Cappy Cap blog there as well. So uh, I, I didn't know that you people actually liked it. I didn't know people were actually going to Betterment. They never told me. I'm kind of sorry I took it down because I would have made a decent amount of money more. Uh, but yeah, Betterment, if you got nothing else to, if Clary says, if you got absolutely nothing else to do with your money, I mean like Vegas and whores, did you spend your money on Vegas and whores, because I do that before you go to Betterment, if you really have nothing else to do, then go to Betterment. Uh, also, if you'd like to advertise on the podcast where I say, after you spent your money on Coke and whores, then buy my pro- my sponsor's product, you can advertise on the Clary Online Media Empire. Uh, we have 3,000 listeners weekly. Uh, unique listeners, and I don't consider them twice, because if I want to do it, like some people would say, like, we got 10 million listeners a year, and they're not unique. It's just the same people listening multiple times. Uh, We have 3,000 listeners weekly to the podcast as a conservative estimate. I have about 3,000 to 4,000 people on YouTube who also watch regularly. I have 30, almost 30,000 subscribers on YouTube. Again, not not every, I wish all 30,000 would watch my videos. Uh, And then, uh, Cappy Cap, the blog, we've, we we have over 11 million hits. Uh, so it's it's not small potatoes we're talking here. If you would like to advertise your wares or services on the podcast, you certainly may. It costs $100 a month. And there's just, you don't have to, you don't have to do multiple months. It's just one month. If it, if it makes you money, cool. It's 100 bucks. you pay me. If you don't make money, you don't have to 
you know, radio, they do that. Well, we have a $5,000 minimum, and you have to advertise for six months. Otherwise, we want nothing. It's like, okay, screw you. We're going on the Internet. Uh, so give me an email. It's capcapitalism at yahoo.com. That's capped, C-A-P-T, the abbreviation for captain, not captain, capped, C-A-P-T, capitalism at yahoo.com. Uh, speaking of advertisers and sponsors, Chad Elkins. Go to elkinscpa.com. <clears throat> Our good buddy, Chad Elkins, who happens to be a CPA, uh, will help you with your tax returns and any other accounting or finance or tax-related stuff. Uh, he's got a new service. He will review your tax returns for cash, see if you're missing out on any kind of uh, 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 tax write-offs, if you could improve your tax returns. I've used that service because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't you know, that I was getting as much of my money back as possible. He says, yeah, you're doing a pretty good job. Uh, and it's worth it. I don't know what he, I think maybe he charges 100 bucks to go over it. Don't quote me on that price. It depends how complicated your taxes are. But he can give it the once over, and it's worth the, the little bit of money up front because usually these accountants, even, even the old GF says, well, you know, you can do this. I'm like, what? And, like, they only have to catch one or two things. All of a sudden, you're saving a couple grand, all right? It's like going in and getting a tune-up. Right, go and contact Chad at elkincpa.com and uh, email him. He's busy now; it's tax season, but he may be able to give your your old tax returns a once over and give you a recommendation. Chad is an elite service, meaning if you are a schmuck, you are a schmo. You're Mister file Tax Extension because I'm a lazy procrastinating frick. He doesn't want your business. Go to H and R Block. Go to some schmoes. Go to some losers. Go to where Mark Mazinski goes to file his taxes. He just gives it to his parents. Mommy, Daddy, can you want to do it? Can you imagine him working at Goldman Sachs? All of his reports are in crayon. <laughs> I think we're too good. Uncle Lloyd, can I get some monies to invest? Why, sure, Chaz. Uh, anyway, uh, go to elkincpa.com, visit Chad, email him if you have a, a need for some kind of CPA-like services, and uh, let him know that the old captain sent you. If you'd like to have a podcast archives mailed to you, because we start off at episode 100, you're like, oh, dude, where's like the first 99 or 100 episodes? Well, they're, they're on a different computer, and I can mail them to you if you want. You're going to pay me 35 bucks though, to go and put together the thumb drive and time and mail and all that. I'm not trying to screw you over. It's just that's how much it's going to cost to pay for the thumb drive and the lo- uh, lodging, the postage and my time. It is only the first 75 episodes. Don't ask where the other 25 went. They're lost forever. Please don't ask me that question. So you get 75 episodes of the Clary Podcast mailed to you. Thumb drive. You can keep the thumb drive. I don't care what you do with it. Um, and we have that there. Uh, then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. We have 405media.com. Uh, John Grant and Pals over there. John Grant runs that. He has a whole bunch of different podcasters. He has a podcast station is basically what it is. Our friend Kerry Lutz at FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Go ahead and visit Kerry for all your precious metals and international finance needs. Uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill, where I talked about Adam Piggott. Silvio Cantos, Canto Talk, C-A-N-T-O. Our good buddy Silvio. I'm going to go visit him potentially in March. I'm going to have to drive the RV back to Florida and Dallas is on the way, so I might go visit Silvio. Uh, but you can find him on blogtalkradio.com. He has his book out, um, uh, Cubanos in Wisconsin. It's the story of him, how he escaped Cuba when he was 10 years old and ended up in, of all places, Wisconsin. And so he was probably very upset 
that Green Bay lost to the Falcons. I'll have to ask him about that. Uh, we also have uh, blowmeuptom.com. That's St. Lycus. Of course, go visit Tom Lycus and Gary and Dino. Uh, he's podcasting every day. And uh, if you're looking for someone to advertise, I'd recommend contacting Gary uh, at blowmeuptom.com. Uh, Gary is uh, the guy who heads up the marketing. And uh, trust you and me. I know, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly take your money if you want to advertise here. But you're probably going to get a lot more exposure. Of course, it's more expensive, but a lot more exposure over on Tom Likas's show. But, I just, uh, but uh, Tom Likas among um, PJ Media, Dr. Glenn Reynolds and Dr. Uh, Helen Smith. I owe those three people a huge amount for the success I've had because they, they uh, well, Tom runs ads for me, and then uh, Dr. Glenn and Dr. Helen have been kind enough to review a couple of my books. So uh, a lot of you guys would not even know about me if it weren't for them. So yeah, please go ahead if you're looking, if you're an entrepreneur and you are looking to run advertising, uh, contact Gary uh, by going to blowmeuptom.com and, and contacting about advertising over there. ASO Consulting. Uh, if you want the advice of the old captain because you need you if you think you need a swift kick in the ass and your secretary being lied to by teachers, politicians, parents, professors, guidance counselors, therapists, whatever, and you actually want to solve your problems, you just don't want to talk about it, I guess that's the best way. Do you want to solve your problems? Contact me at assholeconsulting.com where I, the world's only professional asshole, the dark knight of advice columns, the IKEA of consultants, We'll solve. Why well, I won't solve your problems? I'll tell you what the solution is. It'll be up to you to solve them. Uh, so uh, go over there, and if you know anyone that needs my help, and you don't want to intervene with them, uh, just uh, say, "Hey, you got to contact this guy at Asshole Consulting." And then also we have the uh, Asshole Consulting Life Improvement Program, LIP, L-I-P. Just look that up. It's on the, one of the links at the top. And uh, if you are a loser, a genuine loser, and think about this. Uh, how much money are you going to spend on therapists not turn, turning your life around, not solving your problem? I mean, you are a loser. It is worth $5,000 to turn that around. Say, oh, my gosh, $5,000. What do you think you're going to spend on therapists to not solve your problem? And just to extrapolate. You know, they say therapists don't want to solve your problem because that means less money for them. Yeah, I want to solve your problem. I never want to hear from you again. And I came up with the Life Improvement Program. So if you are a loser, I mean genuine loser, and you know it, and you're sick and tired of it, and you actually want to start making changes, I have the Life Improvement Program. Go to assholeconsulting.com, click on the LIP link, read through it, and then uh, for $5,000, uh, you can. it will be under your control. It will be under your control to turn your life around, and that's worth $5,000. So, uh, we have my Amazon affiliate program. Do all your online shopping through the Amazon affiliate program. Uh, and the reason why is because I don't really like taking charity. And thankfully, because of Amazon, I don't have to. Uh, you're going to do some online shopping anyway. All I ask that you do is you go through my Amazon affiliate program. It doesn't require you to register or anything. All you do is you go to my blog site, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. You look for the Amazon banner. It's on the top right. You click on it, and um, that takes you to Amazon's page. But it tells Amazon you came from my site, and then any purchases you make during that shopping session... I get a 7% cut. You don't pay any more. It's Amazon just paying me a commission for sending traffic their way. So if you'd like to help out the old captain and make sure that uh, that uh, I'm online forever and I don't have to go back and work and you'd like to help but you, you have no use for any of our sponsors' wares, you can all just get into the good habit. That's the key thing. If you get into the habit of doing all your online shopping through my Amazon affiliate page, uh, that means buku bucks for me and I never have to work in banking again. Academic composition, if uh, you're a student 
and you're sick and tired of writing your stupid papers that have nothing to do with your actual degree because they force you to take these unnecessary and unneeded worthless liberal arts prerequisites, go to academiccomposition.com and have Alex and his crackpot team of staff writers write your papers for you. You say, oh my gosh, that's immoral, that's wrong, and nah, nah, nah. No, it's not. Corporations do it all the time. Your school probably does it all the time, outsourcing things that they don't want to do. And since this isn't really necessary for your career, you know, uh, uh, lesbian poetry, I don't know what that has to do with becoming a, a doctor. Although, I, if you're going to become a doctor, I wouldn't do that. Although, wait a minute, Martin Luther King totally plagiarized, so I don't care. What does it matter? You just say, hey, he plagiarized, give me my fucking uh, freaking degree. Anyway, so uh, if you don't want to do your homework, you don't have time, outsource it. Uh, have Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff do your papers for you. They also will put together a resume for you for $100. And if you happen to be a writer and you want to work, uh, looking for a little bit of extra cash, uh, contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. Let them know the old captain sent you, whether you're a, a inquiring about work or whether you're a, a client. Because uh, he's always looking for writers and he's always looking for people to do marketing for him. Neither of the jobs are exciting or interesting. Do not think this is going to be rewarding. It is writing liberal arts papers. It is painful. It is boring. It is stupid. It will make your mind well- melt. Why do you think liberal arts professors are the dumbest people on the face of the planet? Uh, so just be warned. You know, it's, it's, it's not rewarding work. But it can be done from anywhere. As long as you got internet access. So if you want to sit on a beach in Thailand, I don't know why people haven't done this like I I, th- I think if you write really well, like you can bang out the BS pretty quick. You could probably make thirty bucks an hour. Don't quote me on that, but you can make pretty good money. And then if you're just sitting in Thailand, holy cow, <laughs> you're you're living like a king. So um, give that a shot. Uh, what else we got? Uh, uh, oh, Instagram.com/slash Ultimate Reading List. Max, our good buddy Max, he's back, and uh, he wants you to advertise on his site. If you have a book, uh, a blog, or something, he's expanding it beyond uh, books now. Uh, any any kind of advertising you want to advertise on Max, go to Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. You can email Max by going uh, emailing him at max at wooter, W-O-O-T-E-R, wooter.co, not .com, .co. Uh, so he has a bunch of books online that you may want to go buy a bunch of products. He has 30,000 followers. I advertise on his site. Um, I gotta pay him too. I gotta pay him and Terrence Pop. Dang it. I gotta pay all these whores. Wait, am I the whore? No, I pay them. They're the Johns if I'm the, no, the Johns pay me. So I'm, I'm the John paying, they're the whores and I'm paying them. That's how it works. They're the whores and I'm paying them. Or they're the pimps. Uh, but if you want to run your ads on uh, uh, Max's site, selling your wares or your products, contact him, max at wooter.co. Let him know the captain sent you. And we have that there. Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight, two books by our good friend Frank Servi. Uh, they are, uh, one's the original, the next one's the sequel, about a guy called Uncle Nick, who is an uncle, of course. He has nieces and nephews. Uh, but he's totally red pill. And he is the fictional manifestation of everything that the red pill endorses. He has zero Fs to give. He speaks his mind. He upsets people at Thanksgiving dinner. Women are insulted, but they still sleep with him. If you want a funny, good laugh, just like to see a guy in the real world, you know, well, the real world, the fictional real world, read the book Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight. Frank also has another book called Where Pretty Lies Perish. You can find that on all three of those books at Amazon.com. And then finally... We have my uh, 
My classes, the analysis, evaluation of stocks, and then stocks, bonds, investing. Oh, my. Look those up. I'm not going to go through them again. It kind of takes too dang long to explain them. If you want to learn the basics of finance and investing, look up these two classes I have. Stocks, bonds, investing. Oh, my. And the other more advanced class, the analysis, evaluation of stocks. Those are my two classes that I have, and you might like those. Just search them by title. Take them wherever I'm available. Uh, They're available all over the Internet, just wherever it's cheapest. You know, on second thought, the internet's not working in the RV park that well. We'll just, that's it. We'll just call it a day. Listen, go fidget with your nuts, guys. Look out for testicular cancer. Also, play with your girlfriend's boobs. Not because it's fun, but because you love her. You want to make sure she doesn't have the breast cancer. Uh, ladies, you can fidget with the guy's nuts, too. And if you guys hate each other and are still in a relationship and you don't like sex because, well, sex is gross and icky and, and boring because you're a Christian girl, uh, then, yeah, guys, you're going to have to go into the doctor, have your nuts fidget with. Ladies, you'll have to go get a mammogram with a cold machine, and then as they're putting the, like... Well, girls should get mammograms anyway, because your guy, your boyfriend playing with your boobies is not a professional way to do it. You still have to go in there. But since uh, but since sex is only for, like, having future Christians, I don't want to, like, try to imbue fun. Anyway, just make sure, guys, you don't have testicular cancer. Ladies, make sure you don't have the breast cancer. Early detection is the best preventative medicine. Uh, tell everybody about the podcast and spread the good word. That's it. I'm out of here. I'm going to go enjoy Vegas. Uh, and by enjoy Vegas, I mean sit on my ass and smoke a cigar. Toodles.